Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, let us, let's get, Brandon, I can't even get through the intro, I'm so fired up. This is Clinton Bonner for three in, three out. We are hot off the presses the morning after the big victory, the overtime victory versus the 49ers. Brandon, how are you still feeling? Did you, did you even sleep? Did you sleep an ounce? <laughs> it was not hard staying up until the early hours of the morning to get out the recap show after a game like that because it, it took me a few hours to come down off of the high of that victory. All of the energy that was just from the game and, and cheering for the team, it it was an incredible game, one that Russell Wilson called the craziest of his career, and holy smokes, uh, the Seahawks are, are they're, they're in it. At eight and two, eight and at eight and two at this point, which is just phenomenal. I couldn't sleep after. It was a good hour and a half, maybe two hours after the game. I'm traveling for work. I'm down here in Houston. I had a nice little night. Gotta tell you, I had this gorgeous little chicken sandwich melt thing they delivered. Had a bucket of beers called a La Fancy Lawnmower, which I guess is like a Houston staple. Delicious German uh, German Kolsch. So I had a good little night. Gotta be honest. And made made that much more. Well, you know, tens the magnitudes better by this tremendous victory. But the beautiful part, the rivalry, it's back. The passion. This was the best game I saw sans the refs trying to ruin things since the 2013 NFC Championship game. That's how I felt about it. It really did feel like this uh, this rivalry is back on. And for once, I saw some electricity out yes. of the 49ers fans in the stadium. You know, they were standing up on their feet, which I was told that it was not allowed <laughs> in that stadium that you could actually stand up to watch a football game. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, that 49ers fans are, are learning to come around and, and figuring out how to make football exciting. Like it's, it's it's not that hard, right? Especially when you know, hey, they're they're a damn good team, and this was a big, big win. And you know what, Brandon? Speaking of wins, there might be something, some rule we want to tell the audience out there if they're not familiar with three and three out. What's the what's that little rule that's tied to a to a win again? How's that go? There's one rule that courses through the veins of the soul of this show titled Three In Three Out, and that it's when the Seahawks win, you and I, Clinton, we start with an in. We start with an N, and for the eighth time out of 10, and I could even do the quick math, 80%, usually I'm not so good people throwing math at me, but right now, that's how fired up I am that I could do the simple math. <laughs> right on the fly. At, right on the fly. Look at this. Eight out of 10. I didn't even, didn't even need a calculator. Eight out of 10 times, 80%, we get to start with an N. So why don't we do this right now? Why don't we get to our first big N for this big victory in overtime versus the rival 49ers? All right, Brandon. So we talked about this quite a bit, really, for for yeah, weeks, weeks on end. Now we talked about we talked about the pass rush, right? And and I'm not going to go so broad out of the gate here to say that the pass rush stepped up. It sure did. But if do you do you remember? Can you harken back? We were kind of calling it like Clowny plus one. Do you remember that little uh, the little nugget we were talking maybe a couple weeks ago about? Yeah, yeah. We needed we we needed more than just Clowny. And, and and this is where the inn sits for me. Now, Clowney is going to get all the love, and he deserves all the love. It is without him, 
this this does not happen. And, and of course, the lumps in our throat when we see the dude go down and we think he might be out for the game, if not longer, with Clowney. But it's the Clowney plus one that I want to concentrate on with you, Brandon. Uh, we're talking, we're talking Reed. We're talking Jefferson. That play that that sack Jefferson got, which of course they call back, which is you know, again to the refs, a bunch of rubbish. You got Jimmy G basically genuflecting. And where are you supposed to hit the dude? If the dude's like praying in the middle of the of the, the hashes, you're gonna hit the dude in the, in the shoulders at some point in the head. But but man, just the that it was finally there. The pass rush was finally there, but it was Clowney has been this disruptive, maybe not this disruptive, but he's been this pretty much darn good and getting after the quarterbacks all year long. But we finally saw the plus one. So I want to give that that first in and that plus one specifically to Reed. And I also want to give it to Jefferson. I felt those are the two dudes that caused that extra love. You know what? I got to give it a trifecta. We got to give it to Big Al Woods too. Old thigh arm himself. <laughs> so those three dudes get the in for the clowny plus one. Clowny needed a date to bring to the dance. He got three dates. The man is dating three of the Seahawks and it paid off big time. That's the first in. What do you think? Holy smokes. Clowney with the game last night. And you know, it wasn't just Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey, the fact that they were dealing with injuries. Because when those two guys lined up against Anza or against uh, Shaquem Griffin, they were handling those guys fine. And, and you know, even uh, Quentin Jefferson to a certain extent. But Clowney looked like he was playing with children when he was going up against the guys. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't even think you can blame the injuries necessarily. If you're, uh, if you're a 49ers fan, you just look at that and you say, Holy smokes, what a dominant game by Clowney!" And the fact that they were able to have a couple other guys that stepped up and you mentioned all the names and 24 pressures on the night. Clowney <laughs> has 11 of those pressures. So yeah, 13 pressures coming from other guys and that's excluding the penalties that negated some of those other key moments. Yeah, and we and I know lots of folks are going to talk about the penalties. We tend, or just the bigger things in the game, and on three and three out, we tend not to do that. Just got to quickly look at that and say, like, a bit of an abomination by the refs there, like just taking away so many moments, key moments, and it felt like to me for quite a while trying to trying to sway this thing to the Niners. But then, really, towards the end of the game, I think maybe the Seahawks caught a few breaks. So I don't know with, with the refs. Did it, did it finally kind of just even out? Yeah, I think the main thing for me was just that it was not called consistently on both sides. We, we saw important plays come off the board that, that really would have impacted this game. So I, I don't want to stick on it too much just because the Seahawks still got the win. They overcame what they needed to mm-hmm. overcome. And the fact that they come out of it with the win is the most important thing. No doubt about that. So, you know, this is three in, three out. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. You can find me on Twitter at Clinton Bond. And of course, Brandon, where could the good folks find you? They can follow at Seahawkers pod on Twitter. And of course, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, SBNation.com slash NFL podcasts. Yeah, it's always always a blast doing these. So, but on three and three out, we examine the good, but we also go over to the you know that negative side of the ledger for the outs. So why don't we get to one of them now? There were there were quite a few to examine, and we're gonna we're gonna get nitpicky. We're gonna get down to those uh those nooks and, and them crannies as we like to. So why don't we get over to an out right now? 
first and foremost, let's hope. I don't know if there's been an update since uh, since the early morning with uh, with uh, Tyler Lockett's injury. We're hearing, you know, I heard some things about. I think they call it like what com- compart compartments compartment like uh, you know illness. I don't, you know, not going to pretend to be a doctor as as you can tell with my my English words. I have no business pretending to be even a doctor, even though it's shortly after Halloween. I know the dude took a, a nasty a nasty shot to the legs and he had to spend the night overnight. Anything that you've read this morning about uh, about Lockett? The only thing I've read is that he had to stay overnight in the hospital there in Santa Clara, so he wasn't able to travel back with the team. Uh, I guess it, the the positive thing you can say that uh, Pete sounded optimistic that it wouldn't be a long-term type issue. Of course, Pete's always optimistic, and they are going into the bye week, so he has two weeks to, to overcome uh, whatever he's dealing with. Hopefully, it, it sounded like it was just bruising. Hopefully, it's nothing more serious, but uh, it, of course, it was serious enough that he had to stay in the hospital. Yeah. So, and I, I, what I, what I want is I, I, with all my heart, I'd love for Tyler Lockett to hear this broadcast, but if he's sitting in the hospital right now, he's, if he's there kind of healing up, I don't want him to hear this particular segment. So a little, little foreshadowing as it might be, but the out for me here is, and this is not like a knock on the dude per se, but Brandon, I don't think Tyler Lockett should be returning kicks or punts Mm -hmm. for the Seattle Seahawks any longer. Um, My quick skinny on that is, I think he's, I I hate to say the dude looks scared. Like the the dude's balling out. The dude's amazing. Um, I don't think it's in his like heart of hearts, the desire to be a kickoff returner anymore. He just doesn't seem to be like really looking for that hole and saying, yep, I'm going to run as fast as I possibly can into those three or four dudes and go and you know, try to try to ball through them or hit a specific hole on kickoffs. And I think you need guys with that kind of edge who may be just a little bit younger. Maybe Lockett doesn't need to do this anymore. Maybe it's time that he passed the torch for kickoffs and punt returns. And this is before the injury. I just don't think he's as effective as he used to be. And you know what? If we're going to be a Super Bowl winning championship team a big part of that's going to be special teams and maybe somebody else in the roster can take over these duties so the out for me is Lockett. i just don't think he's our guy anymore when it comes to returning kicks i don't know if you saw the same well it is really rare for a veteran like Lockett to continue to be back there and fielding punts and kickoffs. It's usually one of those things that you see a guy do for three or four years and then once he becomes established in the league he he becomes more important in other areas of the game and usually there are rookies that are willing to just you know run into a pile of dudes at full speed ahead and I don't think that with the way that the rules have changed, especially with kickoffs, you saw Travis Homer out there when mm-hmm. Lockett was uh, on the bench with the injury at the in overtime. I'm, I'd like to see what he has back there. Uh, we saw David Moore with the punt return. I think that's a great role for him, uh, especially yep. being more limited in the receiving game. I think I just don't think that there's that much of an upside that Tyler Lockett brings to the table now that he that he used to when uh, you know he was a young player trying to establish himself on the team. I think you pin that exactly the right way. It's like not that he's not capable, he just might not be that guy at this point in his career anymore and shouldn't we be like more than okay with that? Shouldn't that just be like the symbol that yep, he's arrived as a true number 1 in this league on this team? Just don't you just does not need he to has do that. better stuff to do now. <laughs> He's got big things to go do. Listen, they didn't they didn't even put Metcalf back there in, in all preseason. They're like, nope, 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 nope. You just go play wide receiver. That was it, right? So I just feel like this is 
May, and maybe this injury, maybe the silver lining here is that we do see Homer, that we do see more. I, that little combo, I'm 110% okay with. Let Lockett just go ball as a wide receiver and do his thing. And I guess first, foremost, and everything there is Lockett, go heal up, take the bye week, go get ready. And then we got, we got, we're still going through this gauntlet. But that's a little out for me. I know it's a little picky, but I just, you know, hey, we want to be. You know, we don't want to make the playoffs. We don't want we don't want to just win our division. We want to go all the way. We want to get back to the Super Bowl. We want to win the Super Bowl. To do that, you need all three phases. So I'm looking for a change there because this team's evolving and evolving rapidly. So why not keep evolving towards the better? All right, Brandon, this play did get a lot of love. It, it, it certainly did. We're back on the inside of the ledger here, but I just, I can't ignore this play. I can't ignore this player. He's been so darn good, and I'll give a little hint here. The dude should have had an interception early in the game, if not for what I thought was a pretty weak sauce, you know, holding call on Taylor. We're, of course, talking about Shaq here, but but Brandon, that play, that late Overtime bomb. Who who was Jimmy G going to? Was that to Goodwin? Who was he no, trying to? No, that was Debo Samuel, who had a huge game against the secondary. Was was Goodwin even in? Oh, Debo was was the man, right? Especially after Sanders got hurt. But when that ball left uh, handsome Jimmy's uh, handsome hands, and it just it just looked like I was like I, I'm, up, I'm up out of my chair again I'm in my Houston hotel room. Which, by the way, this game definitely had the most like up out of chair moments by a game in a long, long, long time, and it felt good. And my hands are on my head as I see the thing, you know, starting to come down. I'm like, oh, he's got he's got to step on him. Like he catches that. That's it. It's game over. It's demoralizing. He might go in for the touchdown. It might be just ready for a, a pretty easy field goal. No. I mean, who comes a stride, stride and a half or like half a stride away and full out lays out Karch Karai style to dig this thing out of the sand? But freaking Shaq Griffin supermans his way over, gets his hands on it, deflects it. And I mean, talk about like an instant just just shift of like almost like sheer terror from a, from a you know perspective of we're going to lose this game to oh my gosh that dude just saved the game we're, we're probably going to win this damn game again and that was so freaking big that I had to call it out that Shaq play gets a huge in for me such a big play such an amazing reference to a pro beach volleyball player uh, from the what late 90s or early and, 2000s and, and, and gold medalist olympian you know <laughs> Dude didn't just hang out on the beach playing, you know, volleyball with chicks. He was like an you know, Olympic gold medalist like 12 times. He's the reason why I wanted to be a pro beach volleyball player in high school. And it just never worked out that way. I never had a beach to even practice at. I, but I wanted to be like Karch Karai. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, some some hockey parents like make the pond in the backyard <laughs> for the kids. They freeze it over like an Edmonton. You know, you're begging your mom and dad. Come on, just throw some sand down. Like, what are you what are you saying, son? Like, <laughs> just want to be like Karch Karai. I, I totally get it. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, so what, what's going through Brandon's brain, let's say, when, <laughs> when that ball is at, at its apogee and starting to descend back to the earth at 9.8? Like, what, what are you thinking as the camera's panning over and you see it and you see what's about to unfold? Oh, I'm just rooting for Griffin to, to get there on time. I love that they were trying his side of the field because he had been locking it down all day yeah. long. He five targets going Shaq Griffin's way, only one reception for just 12 yards on the day and uh he he broke up two passes, that being one of them and he w- he had that side of the field shut down in this game. Yeah, man, he's I mean he's truly he's getting to that point where it's like don't worry about Gotham like Batman's got that. Like 
that's how I feel about Shaq at this point, Millie. He has a, wherever side of the field he's on, he's got that. It's on lockdown. I think he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. I mean, of course, we're going to have bias, and, and we see this dude week in, week out. But, but man, oh man, that play was truly amazing and one of the plays of the game. And typically, I won't go to some of those, but it was just so darn good and so big that I could not ignore it. And people were, you know, calling it out all over Twitter, too. So love that, love that, love that from Shaq. All right, Clinton, let's kick it to a break. We'll come back and close out the rest of our ins and outs. All right, Brandon, we are back on the outside of the ledger. And, man, you know, I I keep this physical ledger. I got the Seahawks notebook and I got these wavy lines. Typically, I could tell you if we won the game or lost the game just by the volume of what's on each side of the ledger. Brandon, this thing is like, this is like, you know, this is identical right here. This is, you know, the, you, you know, you sure about those five minutes identical? This is, these are some magic grits I'm looking at. It's amazing. Like it is like so parallel, so mirrored. It just goes to show you this game, you know, went down to the last second in overtime and the proof is in, is in the pudding right here. But one on the outside that I have to call out, it's just frustrating to me that we're talking now late fourth quarter. Um, it's now third and 10. It's late in the game. At this point, I believe we're still up. And man, Ziggy just decides to just stardust himself and just he jumps off sides to make it make it a third and five, right? Mm-hmm. And I think on the very next play, it's like a little five yard out right at the six. They get it. And then and then the, the Niners are continuing to march on. It's just like if it had been clowny, you know, it, it's okay. Like we got used to that. I mean, clowny's disruptive, just like Bennett was also. You could live with those. Ants is still not doing a lot. And in the biggest play, the dude just kind of mentally muffs it. He gets tricked. He goes off sides, gives him five big yards. I'm like, you know what? With those big yards you gave away, Ansa, you're getting another big out. That dude keeps on ending up on the wrong side of this ledger. And we talked about the plus ones. We didn't even mention Puna, but Wood's getting there. Puna getting there. Uh, you know, just other players doing their things with Clowney. Ants is not really at the dance right now. So for me, he's getting an out right here. Well, and you can see the Seahawks now moving toward trying to get Shaquem Griffin some snaps yeah. in there. And, you know, there wasn't that much difference between the two guys when you go back. You look at the pro football focus grades, they grade out similarly. Anza had the one pressure, but he never really, it, it was more of a, a falling down and kind of near the quarterback's face that he just kind of uh, got in the periphery of Garoppolo. And so I'm all for seeing more of Shaquem Griffin. Uh, rushing the passer let's get lj collier up off of the off of the bench and onza he just if he's gonna cause these penalties and and that's where you notice him the most in the game that's gonna be a problem because they had him first and 10 second and 10 uh defending passes the garoppolo's trying to go to to dwelly the backup tight end mm-hmm. and on that and <laughs> in fact all three of those downs it was it was uh, he was looking for dwelly and it was a five-yard catch that bobby wagner defended that gave him that first down that extended the drive it allowed them to tie it up with the 47-yard field goal and uh and take this game into overtime yeah, man. And it's you know, kind of a nice little moment to talk about the defense in general. Even when we were down 10 nothing. first of all, I really think that that first INT should, should have just stood. I thought that was kind of weak sauce on Taylor. And of course, Taylor had his struggles, as folks are certainly talking about quite a bit as well. But overall, man, like the first quarter, the second quarter, I'm sitting here on Twitter. I'm sitting here on the Slack channel that that you put up for the uh, Seahawkers pod ring of honor for the folks inside the flock. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, like I'm not worried yet because we're 
it's like, I was looking at this as like Rocky four, like we are out hitting them. Yeah. And that moment in Rocky four, where for the first time ever, Drago really gets hit. And he's like, he's, it's, and the announcer's like, the Russians cut, the Russians cut for the first time ever. It's like somebody socked them, Jimmy in the face. Somebody socked Coleman. Somebody socked Sanders. Like, it's like, dude, every single one of your big guys, your, your weapons, they're getting hit more more often and much more viciously than you're hitting our guys. So even though we were down early, I was feeling good about it because this defensive unit just again going back to the clowny plus one, they brought it. But if if Ansa is not part of that plus one dance, then Brandon, I'm with you, man. Let's just let's just see you know, let's see the brothers Griffin out there together. Let's see Shaquille. Let's see more Collier. It's not going to get much worse. It's kind of like we talked about with with quarterbacks going off on us. Hey, it's not going to get much worse. You can only hit some top of you know throwing for 400 plus yards against us there's only so many minutes in a game for a quarterback to throw downfield so <laughs> 480 yards to match up you know what right. what what worse can happen you can only top off there's only so many times the refs can give you another pi call to extend the play to give you give away eight minutes at the start of a game right so that's it for me on that one man i just you know if that's going to be answer hey maybe he's not the right guy this year maybe he comes on stronger later but right now he's not the dude so the out goes to answer okay we got one more in let's bounce on back over to our the friendly side of the ledger okay clinton we're down to the final end and i have no idea where you're you're gonna go with this because there's so many different directions to go and i know we'll get to more ends in our from the flock segment so so maybe we can catch up on on any stragglers in that moment but for the official ends there's only one left who are you giving it to yeah, this is this is tough. This is a tough call, man. You ever see like one of those those signs where like when you're in Las Vegas and there's like a sign that points to New York and a sign that points to Frisco and a sign that points to Dallas. It's one of those directionals that give you the mileage. You go, I don't know. Like I am just spinning around, like spinning around here. Like you know, you turn me right round, baby, right round. That I, I gotta land on something. So the one I'm gonna land on. I got to give it for the, for the, the, the others, like the other guys we're talking gigantic moments. I got to give this combination to Malik and flash like these dudes, whether it's third down and long third Mm. down and short flash Gordon, not, you know, not having a catch as a Seahawk and then converting two times in the game. Malik's huge third and 16 in OT there. Man, oh man, like I, I, I'm going to call up the other guys and just give it to Flash and Malik. There are so many places we can go to, but those two dudes stepped up when it when it mattered the most, when Lockett could not play. And I got to give the in to those two other guys. Yeah, that play to Malik Turner on third and 16 and the run after the catch too. Yes. make it guys yes. miss. He, he not only gets the third and 16 on that first drive in overtime, but picks up another 12 yards or so after the catch. And uh, so you had that play. You had critical third down moments going to Flash Gordon. Nice to see him getting worked in on a limited basis and coming up in big moments. And it's two things for me. Number one is the the early trust to say, "Yep, we're going we're going to flash when we absolutely needed a conversion." Ran the slam perfectly. You know, nice little reception, first down. The other thing for me too is, hey, hey, refs, when Malik is spinning and he's clearly still in bounds, why do you have to stop the freaking momentum, stop the clock, and go review something when the dude was nowhere near out of bounds? Yeah. And it just like it's again, it's like we're running, we're humming, sucks all the energy 
energy out. Yes, we continue the drive. And then, yes, it led to that, to the uh, unfortunate interception. Nice play by that dude, by the way. But come on, refs, do a little bit better. You got a ref right down the sideline. You could see clear as day he's not out of bounds, but you got to go back to the replay booth and check it out. I thought that was pure rubbish and it, it deflated the momentum that some people don't believe exists in sports. And how did it take as long as it did? Why, yes. do, why do they not, you know, have an official stand over the ball and you know how you wait for the refs to, to be in position? If, if New York needs to a, an extra five seconds to check the replay, that's all they needed to go, oh, okay, yeah, you didn't step out. Why are we stopping it? I don't, and I don't know about you too. Like if you watch like the U S open for like the last like 150 years or so, they got this thing called Watson and they show tennis balls screaming at like 120 miles per hour. And they know if that thing's frigging inbounds in two damn seconds. Like it's just get Watson, put Watson on the field, put him next to the robot from Rocky four and let him figure things out faster because you can't ruin momentum with stupid refs. All right. I'm done with the refs. All right, Brandon, on to the last out in this big 27-24 victory over the rival 49ers to go to 8-2. 8-2, and two. Eight and two, we'll say it again. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to Jamar Taylor. I mean, everybody and their mother and their grandmother and their cousin's grandmother, you know, God rest their soul, everybody's talking about Jamar Taylor and deservingly so. He's whiffing on tackles. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of just looking lost out there still when he's playing nickel. You're like, okay, well, we got Diggs who played a hell of a game and brings a hat. Can we mix that up? And with the bye week, can we do some interesting things? I've been saying for a few weeks now, man, I think the NFL season is deceptively long, a lot longer than people recognize. Give Carroll, you know, 14 days here or so, 13 days. Let him go figure out what to do with Diggs, how we compare that with Blair. And my bet is that we see less Taylor. So I'll just, you know, put that to the side and let others talk about that. But for me, man, I think the thing that was annoying me that it's it's late Q2. We're down 10 nothing. We haven't scored yet. The offense you know, did, did not score the first points, as we know. And it's third and one. And, and I think we had it actually second and one also. So there was a second and one and then a third and one. And we don't run the ball. Mm. We don't run. But, you know, I, I get it. We're going play action. They covered it beautifully. We don't get it. And then we end up punting again. It's like, you know, I heard Adam talking about this on, on your guys' last pod on the Seahawkers podcast. Is hey, wait a second. We were promised to be this, we're going to shove this down your throat. Even when you know we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball. And we're finally getting momentum late in the, in the second quarter. And we decide on third and short to not just run the damn ball. It was pissing me off then. We kind of got bailed out. But man, oh man, Brandon, I want us to look at those situations and go get those yards. And if we don't get it on third down, guess what? Go do it again on fourth down and do it better. Yeah, it was relatively early on. They had already picked up a first down. Uh, they they had just completed a nine yard pass to Jacob Hollister, and yeah, Chris Carson. He does. They do run it to Carson on second and one, but just go back to it again on third and one. And it was so nice to see later on in the game that yes. they were able to be physical on that second and one goal line play by Chris Carson to just punch it in from one yard out. I want to see more of that on those short yardage situations, especially when all you need is one yard. You got Mikey Potty, you got big Dwayne Brown, you have DJ Fluker and, and Jermaine Fetty. get it behind those big guys and move the pile. Just one yard is all you need. And Chris Carson is always running tough when they have the opportunity to be more physical, be more physical. 
Yeah, and that, I think that's, you know, let's get, I'm with you, man. Let's get physical and get, get your Olivia Newton-John on. I think she sang that, at least that I don't really know. But but get that rocking and rolling and be that physical team because, man, hey, I don't know about you. I'm in Houston, Texas right now. It's like 38 degrees outside because there's, there's some Arctic blast coming down here. It's getting cold. You know what teams win when it gets cold? Teams that can run the damn ball and teams that can play defense. And we already have the best quarterback in the league. So check the box there anyway. So just assert yourselves as, as that physical team and get back to that kind of 20, 2013 mentality and see how far it takes you. So I'm with you 110%. One thing I do want to say is when we do the, when we win, right, when we have these wins, we always kind of get like a kind of a fourth in uh, to kind of tilt the scales a little bit. So I want to just put one out there for you to, to maybe talk a bit about Wax Poetic is, man, I thought Shadi's offense against a very, very tough defense, some love for the offensive line in general, but just Shadi's innovativeness, I think, was really shining quite a bit. Were there any particular plays, formations, things that you that you'd like that you wanted to, you know, call out for that little that little bonus and we want to throw in there. A little extra shot of caffeine in the cappuccino, if you will. Well, I, I can go a couple different directions with this. I really like how they got Jacob Hollister involved as a tight yes. end. Those short passes, especially when you're knowing that you're going up against a defensive line that can really bring a lot of pressure, you need that little outlet pass. And Hollister was that guy for Russell Wilson in this game. But yeah, uh, to the offensive line for the Seahawks. And I know one of the obvious outs might have been to give it to Jermaine Effetti for trying to make a play after he recovers the the fumble by Russell Wilson. Uh, I, I'm glad we didn't necessarily go there. It, it seemed like kind of an obvious one. A lot of people talking about that. We'll probably get to it and from the flock. But just the offensive line as a whole, I think the contrast that I point to is look at the day that Jadevian Clowney had. He yeah. was a game wrecker. And out of all those guys on the defensive line for the 49ers, did you have one guy where you pick out and you said there was the game wrecker for the 49ers on that defensive line? They're, they're really, they, they all had pretty good games, but there wasn't the standout dude like Clowney was. 100% there. I'm with you. I love the call out for Hollister too. What, what Hollister reminded me of is, you know, like when teams nickel and dime us down the field right. and, they, and they rack up 400 yards on us. I'm like, damn, are we going to cover the flats at all? Hey, we're in four, three base again. Might want to cover this shifty little tight end. And now the tables were, you know, 180. We were doing that to them. And uh, man, Hollister was just, he's, he was money. Like, what else can you say about the dude, about a guy that's just like, he's just quick enough. His hands are just good enough. He's gnarly. He'll put his head down and go try to get those two, three extra yards. Dude balled out eight receptions for, you know, a guy in the practice squad a couple of weeks ago that we got for a, what, a seventh round comp from the, uh, from the Pats. Yeah. All I know is trading late round picks to the Patriots has worked out sincerely well for the Seahawks. I keep, I hope we keep doing that year after year, but great, great call out there, Brandon. Speaking of great call outs, I think it's time that we get to from the flock. And this is our favorite section where, 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 where you, the, the listeners out there, whether you're on Twitter, whether you're in the Slack channel, whether you're on Facebook inside the Seahawkers pod ring of honor, all the folks, the members of the flock, uh, you come out and you hashtag at three, I three Oh, and you tell us what your big, biggest moments of the game were, but I got to put a little caveat on this one. Typically we'll get, you know, we'll get five, six, maybe eight submissions in a good day. Brandon, this was three I three O overload. Talk about causing, you know, causing good problems. The cup has runneth, runneth over. So if you don't hear your name called this week, it's not because we don't love you. It's just because about 72,000 of you put in, which is uh, again, a really cool thing to see. And we're super appreciative of it. 
loving the involvement from the flock. I love that we're, we're getting more ins, more outs. It means more stuff that we could talk about once we get through the official ins and outs. And I'm going to start with uh, another recognition to Dan on the refs, who says, out, the refs were crushing on the 49ers hard. Yeah, it certainly seemed that way for at least a little bit. I think the most egregious of all of them is the missed face mask on the fumble for the touchdown. It's yeah. like, dude, no one's there yet. Everybody else can see that the first thing he grabs is the face mask. But, you know, what, what do I know? Well, what and that's, we- what, that's what led to the whole process of the fumble. If Russell Wilson isn't getting his face dragged down to the ground, maybe he doesn't lose control of the ball. Then the 49ers don't recover, and they're, they're not able to score on that play. So that was just a critical missed call by the officials. It completely turned the momentum of the game back over to the 49ers. And it was pretty obvious to a lot of us watching the game that it was a ticky-tack call on when the when the Seahawks were, you know, just grazing Garoppolo's head as he's falling down to the ground with Quentin Jefferson. Yet you have this dramatic face mask on Russell Wilson that goes uncalled. Yeah, it's, it, it was diametrically opposed. It is, as I think, a, a, I think a phrase that works there. Again, I'm not great with words sometimes. And then we have Bloomy, a Hong Kong Hawk, also saying, hey, out, the referee stunk. So bouncing right over to it. In for him, though, he goes, move over, Mel Gibson. We are the new road warriors. 5-0 <laughs> and o away from the clink for the first time ever. Brian Shaw with an out says our defense missed so many interception opportunities to finish the game. This game could have been closed out so much earlier. You had Trey Flowers just with his fingertips, just he had it in his hands, just comes off of his fingertips down near the goal line. That could have changed the game. KJ Wright, he could have changed the game, hits him in the shoulder pad. That's when you got to catch. And yes, the, the game could have been closed out. Garoppolo could have had four picks in this game. Yeah, and Garen Taylor, he's got a similar out there, too. He's saying, you know, defense dropped at least six interceptions. For me, Brandon, that that KJ Wright one, that was that was the, the biggest heartbreaker. You know, Diggs earlier in the game, ball pops up right in his helmet. Bloom, he's got it. INT going back the other way. KJ right through the, right through the wickets. It happens. But also, Garen has this great in. He says, in at the end, Pete Carroll pulling Russell Wilson off in the fourth down to kick that field goal. I mean, Garen... That's a, that's a, nobody's talking about that. So that's a really cool end to pull out, but also I'm screaming at the TV, go for it, go for it. Just <laughs> it's freaking fourth and two. Just go for it. Hey, I, you know, I got to, got to tip the cap, pulled them out, got the field goal. Myers did his thing and Myers was clutch. I do like the idea that Myers got the the opportunity yes. for redemption in, in this game. And I think as fans knowing the, what, what he struggled with in the previous game against the Bucks. Yeah, we we wanted to see the team go for it, make it closer, and and because it's it is starting to feel a little bit outside of his range based on what we've seen to the point this season. So the the idea that he got some redemption out of it and and it did work out in the Seahawks' favor. So uh, congrats to Jason Myers in this game. Love the fact that they're hoisting him up in the air, you know, Rudy style to carry him off the field. <laughs> Yeah, the, the new KFC wings and everything. It was a, it was a beautiful celebration for Myers. And like Flockton has said too, he's like, can't the dude make it a little easy? Like even that last one after the timeout, I didn't know that went in until I was like, wait, that did go through because of the angle with the TV. But but oh my, you know, my own. But man, oh man, you know, you know, I'll give some love right, real quick to Tim Moon too. I love this one from Tim. Tim says in beating the 49ers in Frisco on national TV in overtime, last drive by the NFL MVP. 
as time expires. And thanks to a, a Russell Wilson 20 yard run to, to put that into field goal position. Gary Blum comes with us out of Fetty forever, <laughs> please. And definitely referencing Fetty just had his very first penalty. And I think uh, three straight, he, he went three straight games without a penalty and, uh, and just showed up in this game. And I, I don't remember that being a necessarily a critical moment that he took his penalty uh, this week, but yeah, the, the fumble recovery and then not to go down as uh, immediately as it was in his arms, you, you got to go down. I know he's trying to make a play. I know it was kind of a surprise that the ball just ends up in his hands, right place, right time. But yeah, you got to go down and, and not allow the team just a big, big play like that. Yeah, I mean, big. I think the big man just got excited. You know, I, th- I, I think, think that. So too. <laughs> I think the big man got. I think the big man got excited. Like he's smelling some brisket. He's like, "Oh, doggy, I got something." He's got something in his hands, right? The big man got excited. He didn't know what to do, and it turns out, yeah, man, you just got to. You know, you made the play. You made it great. That you were there, Johnny, on the spot. Just go down and and live another day. Two but hands on know, the football. If you're an offensive lineman, two hands on the football. Yeah, you know, you know. Speaking of that, I got Christopher Rolf, uh, agent of Bolas, out on Twitter. He goes out. He's like spreading the fumble light. It's going around. He's like Carson, Penny, DK. He's like, we have got to hold on to those balls, otherwise we're going to be, you know, we're going to be exposed later this year. And Essie says in that Malik Turner catch and run. So see, Ed's in on the on the other guys, but specifically calling out Malik Turner. Nice. Always good to hear from Squeezebox Essie himself. So good job there, Ed. All right. I got a few more here. Like we said, we got a lot this week. It was really cool to see uh, so many streaming in. One of them, the Andrew Carson. So at the Andrew Carson on Twitter, good name. He goes in, he's giving it to Diggs, showing up big time and laying the wood. Could not agree more, man. Like that dude brought his hat and Diggs fits right in. All right. Speaking of more new faces out on Twitter, we got uh, Susie Bochamp and you know, Bouchamp. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing the name, but but Susie, great job. She says in Hollister stepping up. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but but I love that Susie. Great job and thanks for joining the uh, the, the fun on three i three o. Love it. DCH Doug Chancel Harry says out. No game next weekend. Let's ride high on this win momentum. You know what? I'm gonna go right back to DCH to close this thing out. In. Heading into the bye week at eight and two, baby. Eight and two. Eight and two. Amazing. Great effort. Had a ton of fun. My heart was going all game long. And it wasn't because of the side of fries that I ordered with that delicious chicken sandwich. And it wasn't the beers. Maybe it was the beers, but it was just a phenomenal game and a huge win. And Brandon, I think with that. There's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.